0: Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever you might be listening or watching to the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast. This is Dean, I'm so thankful to have each and every one of you joining us today. And uh, today we're gonna to talk about the subject of does it pass the test? You know, so many times in our leadership, in our, in our personal lives, in our relationships. Uh, we're, we're striving to hear and know God's direction for our lives. And, and I, we all know the Bible gives us that general direction and purpose. But uh, one of the things that I would say has helped me tremendously is to hear and know the voice and the leading of the Holy Spirit and, and to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. And so I want to just share some things today that has helped me in navigating some of those leadership decisions, some of those questions of, of what is the best road, the best path for me to take, or for our church, or ministry, organization, whatever you lead. And so uh, in Psalms 32.8, uh, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. And one of the things that is, helps me be confident as a leader is, is to know that I'm not trying to lead or know the direction that I'm supposed to go based upon my own wisdom or my own insight. I'm very thankful for the wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit, the one that leads and guides us into all truth. And 1 John 4 1, it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And, and so today I want to talk about, uh, does it pass the test? When we, when we have that leading, that inkling, that direction, that, that uh, uh, prodding on the inside of we should do this or not do this, How do we verify? How do we know, is this really God saying this? Is it me? Could it be the enemy? Could it be a distraction? But here's one of the first things I think we all need to know as leaders is I am extremely careful to tag on to the teaching, the wisdom, the choice, the decision, or the direction. I am extremely cautious, careful, really don't do it that much, to add on the words, because God said, I think I think as leaders we overuse that too many times. To uh, it kind of trumps everyone else at the table. It kind of trumps everyone else. Well, he said God told him so. How, what do we say to that? And I think I see too many leaders use that as the trump card because they want to get their way. And I think we need to be careful in using that because here's the downside. When you say, God said, add a service, add another campus, expand this ministry, God said, do this outreach, and it doesn't work, it doesn't go, it fails or flops, uh, how do you explain that to the people in your church? What do you say when you, if God told you and you had a God word, then in my perception and opinion, then it's, it's like it should be a success. And so like I remember for us we we uh, years ago we said could we do a Friday night service? Everyone in here in Colorado goes camping, skiing, they've got weekend activities and we thought, "Hey, let's not try and beat the system, let's try and work." And so we we did this big push, start your weekend with God. And join us on Friday nights. And then you've got Saturday and Sunday for your family trips and camping and, and snowboarding, whatever they might be doing. Great idea. It flopped like a, like a, a pancake. And, uh, we just never, we never pulled anybody in. People used it kind of as a drop in service. And so I never said, God said, the way I presented it was, Hey guys, could we give God another net to go fishing with? Could we possibly catch fish with a Friday net that we're not catching with a Sunday net? And then uh, I let the fruit speak for itself that after about 18 months of pushing, grinding, climbing, uh, I just got up and said uh, we were transitioning our, our facilities and our building. And I said, you know what? We are As we make this shift, we're not going to continue the Friday night service. We gave it a good try. And there's nothing wrong with giving something to try. So that's the approach that I take. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it challenges us to test everything and to hold on to that which is good. And so I just want to give you guys nine quick tests, or maybe a better word is filters, that when you have a vision, a, a direction in your heart to help you identify is it me? Is it God? is it my head is it my heart is it the devil is it my my spouse that's trying to influence me so if you want to jot these down the first one is the truth test does it agree with the bible uh, I've heard of ministers that have said, well, this is beyond the Bible and, and the Lord's taking us to a new and deeper level. Run! <laughs> if, if that's what is being said, run. But if if God's leading us to do something and calling us either personally as leaders to do something, it's going to align with his word and align with his truth. And something that's always helped me that I heard when I was young and green in ministry 30 plus years ago is they said this when you have a major decision to make double up on your time in the word of God that the word of God will help divide the joints in the marrow the thoughts and intents of the heart and that when you have a big decision double up on the time in the word of God and it helps kind of Put you in the zone of familiarity because the Holy Spirit is going to come in alignment with the Word, and you can hear and know His voice. Uh, the way I put it is we're becoming familiar with the way God talks and speaks as we read His written Word, and when we hear His spoken direction in our lives, we know it will match. And it's always helped me kind of differentiate, that's a me thought, that's a me want or desire, or this is truly the heart of God. A big one, a big one is the the test of time. And here's what I always ask myself. Do I feel as strongly about it today as I did yesterday? If I can't have a clear and concise direction, I'm going to just put it on the spiritual shelf and I'm going to let it sit there and I'm going to see what's going to happen to it. Remember back in Acts chapter 5, Gamaliel's advice Uh, uh, to the Sanhedrin, he said, for if this plan or work is of men, it'll come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it lest you fight against God. And here's the way I would word it. Has the direction grown hotter or colder, brighter or dimmer over time? And so when I put it on the spiritual shelf, I'm not ignoring that decision, but I'm just going to let that thing cook. And I have found that many times when it's really the Spirit of God leading me, I can't get away from it. I go, ah, that's kind of a goofy idea. Oh, I don't know if that would work. And I kind of shelve it, but it keeps coming back up in my heart again. And, And when I see something repetitive from the Holy Spirit, then I begin to take a mental note. This is not just a good idea, but I really think a God idea is being birthed from me. Uh, someone once said this, I would rather miss it by being too slow in making a decision than miss it by being too quick. And so uh, many times we make rash decisions and we don't need to at that moment or time. So let it sit, let it bake over the test of time. Thirdly is the flavor test. And here's what I say, does it, does it, taste, does it taste like conviction or condemnation? You know the Holy Spirit will come and convict me and, and and will lead and guide me and direct me, but then I've also found that the enemy will come and and he'll condemn me and 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 you're not a good enough pastor and and if you were a better leader, well I have to know where those voices and those thoughts are coming from, or else they'll they'll detour me in my call and my gift and my direction, and so I've got to ask myself uh, conviction. I found from the Holy Spirit, always points to the way of change. Conviction is, here's a, here's an area in your life or your ministry, and, and here is here is how you can improve. Condemnation is, you're a loser, you're the worst, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's always a, a strong disapproval, it, it's pronouncing guilty and unfit for use, and I know none of you guys have ever faced that. But uh, that's what helps me uh, identify, man, is, is this coming from the heart of God and a conviction of a growth area in my life? Or is this a condemning, trying to stop or detour me in the direction I'm going? Number four, I have lived by for years. It's one of my favorites. It's what I call the peace test. And, and really, here's what we're asking. Do I have the peace Do I have the peace of God about moving forward? And so many people say, uh, say, the Lord spoke to me. God said to me. And I would be someone that would tell you, uh, the number one way the Lord leads me is by peace or no peace. Having that sensation on the inside that is like your favorite a snack. It's your favorite dessert. It just, it goes down. I have peace. It feels good about moving forward. Or it's the uh, railroad crossing with the lights flashing and the bar is coming down and it's ding, 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 ding. Don't do it. Don't go there. And you just, as much as your head says, well, it would make sense to do that. Something in your heart just is not at rest. One of my favorite scriptures is Psalms 85.8. It says, "'I will hear what God the Lord will speak, "'for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints.'" And we have to recognize that God's not hiding his will from us, but but he wants us to hear and know and follow peace. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, "'For God is not the God of disorder, "'but he's the God of peace.'" He's not the author of confusion, but he's the author of peace. And so, one of the things I ask is, when you're when you're looking at the decision in front of you, do you have peace? I'll never forget. Uh, many years ago, I needed to make a hard decision on a, a staff member, and and my head didn't want to go there. My head didn't want to face the the transition. Didn't want to face the 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 politics that i was going to have to relieve this person of their position that it might cause people in the church to leave because this person was relieved and 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 the headache and my head was avoiding the decision but every excuse me every time i prayed about it i had peace in my heart that it was the best decision for the organization and i would challenge you in this that as far as being a leader, that one of the things that I have found is when I'm wrestling with a decision, oftentimes as the leader of an organization, it is not the best for me for the call that needs to be made, but it's the best for the organization. It's going to cause me pain. It's going to cause me a headache, going to cause me some turmoil, but ultimately it's the best decision for the organization. And so then the the fifth test is what I call the me test. The me test. And here's the way I put it. Is it a warm fuzzy or is it truly the Holy Spirit? Because a lot of things sound good to me. I'll never forget years ago, uh, I saw, I I saw, I would just say an affluent pastor that, man, he had, he had a nice car, a nice ride, and, uh, Here's what I got in my heart. He is supposed to give that car to me. Man, it felt good. I had peace about it. Man, it, it man, it, everything just seemed right about that. I mean, sure. Well, the reality is it was a little bit of covetousness, envy, um uh, all all of those all of those things and lust for his vehicle and there really wasn't any god in it. It felt good to me. Sure, if I said to you, hey, if you'll drive to Colorado Springs, I've got a brand new car that was just given, donated to the church, and I want to give it to you. I'll bet you I'd get a bunch of emails of people saying, Dean, I feel like I'm the man of God, the woman of God, that you're supposed to give that brand new vehicle to. It's a warm fuzzy. And so how how do you navigate through that? I ask myself this, is this a self-centered desire? If, If I removed the personal benefits from it, would I still feel as strongly about it? So let's take the pastor that's got the nice ride. If I said it's not for me to receive the car... But I think it's for one of my other pastor friends to receive the car. Do I get as excited and and bells going off about that? Well, no, not really, because I don't really care what he drives. So that was a warm fuzzy. In James 4, 3, it says, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you might spend what you get on your pleasures. So the warm fuzzy is the infamous, you know, uh, you find the, the winning lottery ticket, or a member comes up and says, "Pastor, I felt led to give you this lottery ticket," and and it turns out to be the umpteen million dollar winning number. Um, is that a warm fuzzy, or you know, is that is that really the Holy Spirit? Probably a warm fuzzy. All right, let's hit it. Uh, number six is the character test. Is it consistent with my shape and profile? And here's where I want to talk to some ministers that are maybe newer to the career and the occupation, are are still trying to identify your gifts and your talents. Is it consistent with my shape and profile, the character test? In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I don't know if you guys have ever done this. I do it in the fall. Uh, my lawnmower is designed to mow grass. That's the number one purpose that it's there, to cut grass and or weeds. But if any of you ever used it to bag your leaves because you didn't want to rake them, or has anyone else didn't want to get out your leaf blower to blow off your sidewalks or driveway, so you use the fan of the lawnmower to blow it off you can use it for another purpose and see some success. But when you identify its actual purpose and, and function in it, that's when you see the greatest fruit and the greatest uh, outreach. And so when I was getting started my youth ministry days, I was probably about five years into youth ministry, and I didn't know one youth pastor that didn't play the guitar and lead worship sitting around the campfire. And it frustrated me when I would go to camps and retreats and different things, and 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 pastors, other youth pastors, would pull out the guitar. And it was just like this kid magnet. The kids would just come around, and, oh, this is so cool. I said, like, I want to be cool. And so I bought, I didn't just buy a guitar. Of course, I had to go buy one of the best guitars and, and of the time and the day. And my wife's kind of like, what are you doing? And then I started to, to try and play, and my fingers just didn't want to do it. And I had heard myself sing, and I, and I knew, I knew that I was going to need uh, voice help, some vocal coaching. And God bless that woman in Plano, Texas, that was going to uh, attempt to assist me in my vocal training. And let's just say after six months, I recognized this is not in my wheelhouse. I am going to be one of the few youth pastors I know that doesn't lead praise and worship and play the guitar and is cool. What did I find out? I found out that God had given me a very unique talent and ability to create illustrations that would convey the Word of God in a very creative way and help people understand the Word of God. And so I put my focus and my attention on my teaching gift and, and I saw that bloom and prosper. Number seven is the mentor test. Do fellow believers confirm it? When uh, I, I've got a group of individuals in my world and, and friends in my life and mentors in my life, that when I, I feel the Lord uh, stirring something on the inside of me, that I sit down and I say, guys, I feel like this is what I hear God saying. I feel like this is the direction the Lord wants me to go. And I throw it out for their wisdom and for their counsel. The Bible teaches us that there, is, uh, uh, that there is, in the multitude of counselors, that there is safety. And so there have been many times that I have had a sensation in my heart, but when I went to three or four mentors and voices in my life, they said, Dean, I, I really don't see that. Uh, maybe it's a timing thing, and I had to put it on hold and put it on reserve because I wanted to trust that these individuals, that these men in my life, that they as well had the heart of God. And if this was truly something the Lord was leading, it would resonate in their hearts and their spiritual ears as well. Number eight's the head and heart test. And this is always a struggle that is, is it me or is it God? Is it my head or is it truly the spirit of God talking to me? And in and, and balancing this, it's many times like uh, oil and water when you put them in a jar and you shake them up and the oil in the water is just all as one. But when you let things settle, the oil and the water begin to separate and becomes very clear which part is which. And I have found According to Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And so as as I go before God, And I, and I rest in Him and I give it that time and I get in His Word and I allow His Word to, to bring that. Is it me or is it, is it truly the heart of God? And the last one is this, the spiritual gifts test. We've all seen and, and, uh, if you've ever been in a service and, and maybe an individual begins to give a word or to prophesy or, or call the person out and says, thus says the Lord. and so forth. And, and, and in my younger days, I used to be like, Oh, wow, that'd be so cool. And I'll never forget sitting there in one service and, and out of my heart, I heard this. Don't you think I can just talk straight to you? And so here's the, here's the spiritual gifts test. If someone's going to prophesy, give me a word, pastor, I was praying for you and I sensed this, like I was supposed to tell you this. If you've never heard, thought, Dreamed or imagined that 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 was there, then I always say thank you so much for speaking into my life. I don't ignore it. I, I appreciate that. I say, Lord, is there anything there? But I see that the spiritual gifts are there to confirm what the believer, what the man or woman of God already has in their heart, not to be the lead piece. The Spirit of God leads and guides me. I hear His voice, and, I, and only His voice will I follow. And so I lean, and I trust, and I lean in on the Spirit of God. And I have found that one of those mentors in my life is, is my wife, and that when I just share with her, Honey, what do you think about this? And would you pray about this? And I have found that that I won't step out and do something unless I have the peace that we're both sensing the timing is now. This is the best decision. And sometimes it's interesting because one of us will get it maybe a little, we'll be in tune a little more or get it a little bit earlier, and we will one will say, Hey, I'm, I'm sensing this. What do you think? I don't know. Let me pray about that. I remember one one, uh, vacation, we went away for a weekend and we said, we've got a big decision in front of us. And we said, let's take 24 hours and we're not going to talk about it. But in 24 hours, we're going to pray. We're going to spend time in God's word. We're just going to worship. And we're just going to enjoy the presence of God in each other. And 24 hours from right now, we're both going to come back with our answer. And then we did what maybe some of you have done. No, you go first. No, you tell what you hear. You, You share what's in your heart. And uh, it is so cool when I say, my head's really wrestling, but I feel like this is what we're supposed to do. And to have the other one in this union, in this covenant marriage to say, that's exactly what I feel. And so... Uh, we we make that choice or decision you say what do you do if you if you come to that point of disagreement then we say well let's take another two or three days and pray it out walk it out so that uh, we will keep doing that until both of us come to that point of realization and agreement so god bless you guys this is the end of today's podcast thanks so much for uh, checking it out hey i've got some brand new teaching series i forget which ones they are some new teaching series that we've released at dean hawk.com and it's our full uh teaching outline a structured outline uh powerpoint that you can uh, install into your pro presenter presentation and then i always use the fill in the blank uh sermon notes and it just engages people to get involved and to be connected and so i just encourage you to check those out those are a free resource and i just pray for you guys and your success and your summer. Hope you are making a point to get away, recharge your batteries this summer as we come back for a big fall season. So we'll see you next month. Got some great stuff we're going to be sharing with you in July. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at DeanHawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.